the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I see my name in shiny lights, yeah, a different city every night, oh, I, I swear, the world better prepare for when I'm a billionaire. It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. I'm with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from Get Down to Business on my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me. On Twitter, at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you'll not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I'm absolutely thrilled and delighted to be joined by Carol Schultz, the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. Um, Carol is a talent, equity, and leadership advisory expert uh, who's recognized for her proficiency in corporate leadership um, after spending three decades helping executives gain clarity in their careers, make bold leadership moves, and create cultures of performances. Schultz and her team have helped hundreds of companies at all sizes. She's the host of a popular podcast, Authentically Successful, and the author of a new book, Powered by People, How Talent-Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, and Revenue, and How to Build One. So I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Carol Schultz. Welcome to the program. Shalom, glad to be with you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So, you know, it's, we've been using a term of the great resignation and um, it's interesting. A lot of people are asking the question, can it get worse? And there's a report that's out by Gartner um, and saying that actually there's going to continue to be some, some talent issues some resignation that will continue to take place in the marketplace. Um, So with that in mind, I want to talk about you and talk about your book powered by people, how talent centric organizations, master recruitment, retention, revenue, and how to build one. What inspired you to write this book? Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> Not long, unfortunately. <laughs> well, the high, the high level, the 100,000 foot view is this book is based on a process that I built back in, oh, 2008, nine, um, when I realized that the entire system of how search works, how companies do search um, coaching, this entire system is broken. It doesn't work well. And I had been wanting to write a book for many, many, many years. And I finally had, you know, the, the, you know, I'll put this in quotes, you know, the veritable come to Jesus meeting with myself as, you know, we Jews tend to do and, (laughs) and decided that I had to really just commit to writing this book. And I wrote it. There you go. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad you did because there's so much great information in there, both in your book as well as your podcast, Authentically Successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have to I have to ask, you know, you uh, your your work at Vertical Elevation, leadership ad- advisory. I know that there's a lot of leadership coaches that mm-hmm. help with team development. There's a lot of consultants yep. helping with talent strategies because indeed these are big, big issues. What is revolutionary about what you write in your book and what you talk about in your podcast? 
Well, I believe what's revolutionary is the fact that, the, it, to your point, there's a zillion people out there doing leadership development. There's a lot of people doing executive alignment. And then there's a set of people that are out there uh, going out and attempting to teach companies how to recruit. But when I built this process, and I still believe now, I, I have found very few people that have realized this. both these things have to be attached at the hip. One will not work effectively without the other. You can align an executive team. You can align an organization all day long. But if you do not build a talent strategy to support that business strategy and vision, you, cannot, you will not be truly successful. You will, not, you will not have the success that you could have otherwise. Definitely, definitely. So you use a, uh, an acronym uh, quite a bit in your book, and I'm just going to demystify that right now. It's TCOs, talent-centric organizations, mm-hmm. um, which basically the, the, as we say in the military, the bluff, uh, the bottom line up front is putting your people first, um, right. weaving employee needs into the very fabric of the company, as opposed to sort of doing the, doing the opposite. And I know you make a case that there's an ROI over there. So mm-hmm. y- you talk about a lot of things in the book, and again, we don't have time to cover everything, unfortunately, but how do you come up with that process of TCOs, talent-centric organizations? Well, in this is exactly what I said. This is the epiphany I had back in 2008. It, that, that, and, and then I, and I interviewed countless executives about the issues they were having, why they thought they were having the issues, um, what was working, what wasn't working. And what I discovered was, you know, when I asked, when I asked, and I just had this conversation with someone uh, on Friday that I interviewed, um, if I ask everyone on your executive team what your vision is for the company, would I get the same answer? His response was no. <laughs> and if I ask your, everyone on your executive team, what, what, what department or function in the organization do you believe is the most important to, our, to your success, what would be the answer I get? And you get a multitude of answers. He said, well, you'd get this answer, and, you know, and he, which he said to me. And I said, well, what I, I would invite you to, would you be open to the conversation that maybe that's not actually it. Mm-hmm. And he said, of course I would. Right. So it's, it's when you start to ask those kinds of questions, I start to realize that there's an actual gap in alignment and you have to figure out where that gap is, how big the gap is and start working to close that gap. And a huge piece of that Shalom is communication and how we communicate. Then and only then, like I said, can we build can we build a talent strategy? That's what makes an organization talent centric. Putting those things together. Yeah, no question about it. And what I love about this book again, it's called uh, "Powered by People: How Talent Centric Organizations Master Recruitment, Retention, Revenue, and How to Build One." Uh, published uh, just a few months ago. Is that it's really not just a call it a book. It's really yeah. it's a uh, it's tried and true methods and strategies mm-hmm. that basically it's a it's a guidebook of of what you need mm-hmm. to do, which I absolutely love. And I know you've already actually briefly alluded to this. You tackle some pretty controversial topics. Uh, you mentioned the question that you ask of again the important um, or a sort of department. And one of the things that you that you say is that talent should never report to HR. So I have yeah. to ask you why not. It's a, and never is a strong word. I do not use the words always and never very often, right? <laughs> um, my belief is, again, and this is just going on my three decades of experience, that I'd say about 98% of the top HR leaders, and HR overall, but certainly the top HR person, whether they're called the CHRO, Chief People Officer, whatever that person is, whatever their title is, 98% have never recruited 
They've never had experience recruiting. They don't know what it is to be a professional headhunter. And this is my case in the book. You have to be a professional headhunter if you want to if you want to be successful in your talent strategy. And in the and then maybe the balance of the two percent, maybe they have a year, two years, three years experience, which is not even remotely close enough to have mastered the art of search. So why would you put a revenue generator, which is your talent strategy, which is that entire department, why would you put that rev revenue generator underneath a department that is really about governance, rules, and regulations? Just because they both deal with people doesn't mean they should live together. I mean, you know, the chief revenue officer deals with people. Their department deals with people, but you don't see them reporting to human resources. Definitely. I'm chatting with Carol Schultz, uh, and she is the founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation. You can hear more of the really, really fantastic um, guidance, uh, and I'll use that word, um, on her podcast, Authentically Successful, because that's what she's trying to uh, to make you uh, through, again, these talent-centric organizations um, on our podcast, Authentically Successful. So, Carol, we're getting close to the end of our time together. In the last minute or so that we have remaining, what is the homework assignment that you want our small business owners, our entrepreneurs that are tuning in to put into practice in the week ahead as we actually get pretty close to the end of the year over here? Yeah. So, uh, as, I, as I said earlier, I would ask uh, your entire executive team, what's, what is your vision? What do you believe the vision is for our company? Do I get the same answer from everyone? What department or function in our company do you believe is the most important to our success? Those two pieces of homework right there, Shalom, are going to tell us, begin to tell us what the gap is in alignment. Then and, then and only then can you look at, okay, how do we go about closing this gap? Does it mean bringing in, bringing in a third party to help us get there? But we have to determine, you know, what, what, my, I have many follow-up questions. And, and for the department or function that's the most important, the follow-up question I will ask is, why do you believe that's the most important function in the company? And that generates an entire conversation. So that's where you start. Sure. Well, that's great advice. And that's something that every business owner, every entrepreneur uh, should be asking, whether regardless of the size of your company, even if your executive yep. team is really just you, ask yourself that question <laughs> in the mirror, have that conversation and get started. And I know that, Carol, um, you, your, your book, um, your guidebook um, is really a great place to get started as well. So, Carol, how can we learn more about you, um, your team and your important work and pick up a copy of the book? Right. Well, uh, my book's available on Amazon, so you can find it there. Uh, you can either look up by my name or Powered by People. And uh, you can reach out to me. My website is verticalelevation.com. That is singular vertical elevation. Um, and you can find me at carol at verticalelevation.com or through LinkedIn. Although okay, my preference fantastic. would be email. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Carol Schultz, really appreciate it. Founder and CEO of Vertical Elevation in her book. Powered by people, talent-centric organizations, master recruitment, retention, revenue, and how to build one, as well as her podcast, Authentically Successful, will be linked through my website, shalomkline.com. Uh, you don't want to touch the dial. Chicago, you're listening to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to have a returning guest, and that's Ted Clark, a businessman, entrepreneur, and investor with over 40 years of experience as a senior executive in both public and private equity-owned specialty chemicals companies. He started as a shipping clerk, and he rose through the ranks to become president and CEO of Products Research and Chemical Corporation, PRC, global leader in aircraft and construction sealants and coatings. 
His new book, Buy and Build CEO, Leveraging Private Equity to Build a Winning Global Business, uh, certainly chronicles Clark's 14-year adventure in the world of high stakes, higher rewards business. You can learn more at tedclarkauthor.com. Ted, welcome back to Get Down to Business. Uh, great to be back with you, Shalom. Absolutely. We're going to jump right in because, um, again, fed you on the program in the past. And, you know, private equity is, private equity is something that, you know, we've talked about before, but you are a veteran uh, business executive. Why private equity? Isn't there another way to finance a new business? <clears throat> yeah, of course, there's, uh, you know, yeah, you, know, you typically think about entrepreneurs, you know, starting, uh, you know, with a little savings or with, you know, borrowing money from their family or, or, you know, maybe with a big idea, you know, getting a venture capitalist to back them. Um, what, I, what I write about is uh, a, kind of a different way for an entrepreneur, a different, maybe a different kind of entrepreneur. In my case, somebody who, you know, was running a fairly large company, uh, was running a, you know, $250 million company, um, got taken over by another company. I had an idea that I wanted to build out. Um, uh, but I needed I needed a platform company to be able to to execute my strategy and uh, private equity was a great because you know I wanted to buy a company that already had cash flow um, and then use that cash flow to help you know buy additional companies and I needed a partner that's exactly what private equity does they you know they they invest in companies with you know reliable cash flows and then work with uh, work with the leaders of those companies on growth strategies to you know, to create value for their investors. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, that makes perfect sense. So again, we've, we started talking a little bit about private equity. Um, let's dig in a little bit deeper beyond pri- providing that equity and structuring the balance sheet, sort of along the lines, some things they've already started talking about. What else do private equity partners bring to the business specifically? I'm really curious about some of that experience um, that, uh, that, uh, that you could capitalize on. Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, of course, this is the t- traditional stuff, right? So, you know, they, you know, they, you know, they know how to get the thing, you know, get a business financed and get, as you said, get the balance sheet in place and, you know, get the right level of debt on the company to to grow it. Um, but beyond that, because we were doing a buy and build strategy, you know, they really became my partners in M and A, right? So we were uh, part of our strategy was to, um, you know, go out and source deals ourselves, right, and. Um, uh, try to do proprietary deals, and you know, I traveled with the uh, with a private equity partner. You know, we visited, you know, many many companies, um, and so we really, it, you know, the, what I call it is a shared vision. You know, we kind of created a shared vision, and then we used the capability and expertise of the private equity company, along with the expertise that I had in the adhesive sealants and coatings business, uh, to really to really kind of drive out a, a value creating strategy. Um, and so it was really a partnership, if you, if you want to think about it that way. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So buy and build, buy and build. So why is that sort of buy and build a good strategy to develop a, a specifically on the global business side of things? Yeah. So, um, well, buy and build is uh, it's a it's a great strategy if you if you have a clear idea of what what kind of company you want to build. Right. So, you know, part of it is you know, um, finding an executive like myself in this case, uh, who understands the market and the, you know, the customers and, you know, the research and development, all those other things, um, to, to, to come up with a strategy. And my strategy is fairly simple. Uh, you know, there was, you know, seven or eight markets I thought were very attractive and there were, 
about uh, eight or nine technologies and two or three kind of service um, uh, offerings that I thought if I could put that together in a package, I could grow this company globally, right? So I could support big companies like, you know, Boeing and, uh, you know, uh, GM, Chrysler, BMW, uh, Mercedes, et cetera. So, so the global part really came, was really necessary to uh, service the kind of customers I thought were important for us to have in our, in our portfolio. And then we just started with a little regional company um, that brought some of that to us. And then, you know, over a period of 14 years, we did 18 additional acquisitions. We sort of filled in that matrix um, and ended up with, you know, going from a $35 million business and, you know, $5 million in cash flow to one that was um, $650 million and $140 million in cash flow at the end of 14 years with uh, operations in the United States, uh, Europe, and in, uh, and in China. Absolutely. Really, really interesting to get him chatting with the one, the only Ted Clark, businessman, entrepreneur, investor with over 40 years of experience. Got quite an impressive story, which I know we've talked about uh, on a previous segment on Get Down to Business and talking about sort of that journey of starting as a shipping clerk and making your way all the way to become president and CEO um, of a PRC, Products Research and Chemical Corporation. Um, so sort of that journey, not typical, um, but congratulations and thank you very, very much for sharing your uh, experiences with us and frankly being very candid about some of those experiences. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about um, sort of that, uh, that uh, the, the side of working for private equity. Wouldn't just logically, wouldn't working for private equity sort of be a little bit more risky than working for a public company? Can you describe a little bit about some of the differences and nuances between the two? Um, yeah, um, well, I've worked in both and, you know, they both, you know, they both have, uh, uh, you know, their, you know, their features, right? Um, I think the difference with private equity is you really have to have a clear idea of where you're going and you have to demonstrate that you're getting there, right? So it's not like you have to get a result every quarter, but, you, you know, you really have to be driving towards accomplishing a strategy and a goal that's going to create, you know, more value than the sum of its parts. And what I like to, to talk about, right? So, you know, you buy, let's say you buy five companies and they're worth, you know, $100 million. Well, when you put them together, they need to be worth, you know, $150, $200 million, right? So you have to have that value creation uh, strategy and you have to be able to execute. So I think that it's, it's uh, I guess, probably in a way, it's a, t- it's a tougher business working at private equity, but it's also... M- very creative, right? You, you know, you're making your own decisions with a very small board, you know, a few people from the private equity company and myself really deciding what we needed to do and how to build a business. So there's kind of a speed improvement, uh, execution improvement, et cetera. Uh, and not that, you know, I love working at private companies too, uh, public companies as well, just a, just sort of a different focus in, in public companies than in, in uh, private equity backed companies. Okay, excellent. And we're we're quickly getting to the end of our time over here. Um, but I know in your book you talk about a purist manager. So I'm curious, what what is it that you mean by that, and why is this important to buy and, and build growth strategies? I think that that's important as we come to a close in our conversation. Yeah, it's it's important because that's that's really what private equity companies are looking for, right? So so you know they're they're very good at uh, you know evaluating deals, doing due diligence, you know, understanding broad macro trends and, you know, areas that they want to invest, but they're really looking for kind of a purist manager in the sector that they're after that really knows the nuances of the business, right? Someone who's been successful there before has a track record, 
understands um, what it takes to grow grow a company, but you know equally understands you know what kind of risk you need to mitigate, right? So you, so you don't you know you you know they're really looking for somebody who has a track record in an industry uh, that knows how to create value, which is you know it's it's a, it's a little bit hard to find, but but that those are the perfect kind of executives to work with private private equity. Excellent. Again, I'm chatting with the author of a new book, Buy and Build CEO, Leveraging Private Equity to Build a Winning Global Business. It surely is the playbook around private equity from uh, the uh, somebody who has spent quite a bit of time in both public and uh, private equity-owned uh, specialty chemical companies. Lots of, uh, lots of experience. And this book is uh, sort of industry agnostic. I think that you can learn something, even if you're not an entrepreneur or something, you know, really, really fascinating read. It came out September 13th, 2022, and it's called Buy and Build CEO, Leveraging Private Equity to Build a Winning Global Business. So I always love to talk about homework for our, uh, for our listeners. And I think the best homework that we can give people is that they should get in touch with you, Ted. How can they do that? Yeah, they can just uh, look me up on uh, www.tedclarkauthor.com. And uh, I have a website. It's uh, got information on my books. It's uh, got articles that I've written and other information about uh, about business and uh, working with private equity. Fantastic. Tedclarkauthor.com. Very much appreciate you coming back on to share your expertise with our listeners. We love it and we'll gladly have you back on anytime you are available. Ted, thanks again for joining us on Get Down to Business. Great. Thank you, Sean. Really great to be with you. Absolutely. And I encourage all of our listeners to get in touch with our sponsors, Tom Mirabali, independent agent for all of your health insurance needs. Visit his website, healthplanchicago.com, healthplanchicago.com, or give him a call, 630 863 Eight six three three four seven seven. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But don't touch that dial because we will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're joined by Mr. Richard Blank. Uh, Richard is quite the fascinating individual. He's been the chief executive officer for Costa Rica's call center. Uh, since 2008. And, uh, you know, that's, I don't say those words lightly. He, uh, when he was 27 years old, he relocated to Costa Rica to train employees for one of the largest call centers in San Jose. And now he has trained and shared his knowledge with over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. Richard Blank, welcome to the program. So happy to be here. Shalom. I got some amazing stories to tell you and your amazing audience. Fantastical. We're going to have to do it quickly because we're going to wrap. We're we're going to do this rapid fire in the interest of of trying to educate entrepreneurs, and that's exactly what you are. And that's why I'm so excited to have you over here. So, how is it that you go? You pick up. I know you have a degree from uh, University of Arizona. Where does that bring you to Costa Rica? A one in a million opportunity. A good friend of mine asked me to come down for a couple months to teach English and. You know, you sometimes shed a skin, and if you can get past your parents' guilt, you can live anywhere in the world. And it opened my eyes to a call center from not the sea level, but from the agent's perspective, the art of speech, the conversion of the calls, people really making themselves more marketable, self-reliant, and self-confident. So I guess I gravitated towards it, packed up everything I had in the States, moved down here, and here we are 22 years later. That's amazing. I love it. And uh, I, like you said, there's, I'm sure, so many stories. But you know, this is a show really about teaching people. Teaching people, which I know you do a lot of. Essentially, I'd probably call you an educator at this point. Um, but uh, you have 
developed a an entrepreneurial brand. And I want to start there and then actually talk about some of the lessons that you have shared as you've imparted your knowledge to, like I said, over 10,000 bilingual telemarketers. But on the entrepreneurship side, you know, we know what it takes in the States, but what are some of the sort of ups and downs that you've had in your entrepreneurial life? Impulse control, maturity. I don't really consider capital because anybody can get it and anybody can spend it. But in order for people to come to a place of work, they need to have their dignity. They got to feel some sort of job stability. And if you're planning on being a leader that's visual, it's better off not to do it through fear because the agents, your employees have the leverage. They can always quit. And so I always believe that by walking the rose, Shalom, and knowing someone's name, and besides just having an office environment and call center, which is very specific, I, I love a gamification culture. I always believed dessert first and recess was the most important class in school. Oh that's my gosh, you can my play. kind of guy. My kind of guy, mm. always dessert first, absolutely. And you talk about games. I'm going to segue for a moment because I learned something fascinating about you. You have the largest collection of restored American pinball machines and antique jukeboxes in Central America. Is that that's part of your friend. sort of your persona that you've created and culture? I know about work-life balance and one man's <laughs> trash is another man's treasure. And growing up in the 70s and 80s, the arcades were the place to be, and the $5 had to last you all weekend. And so I knew that when I did have success and I was able to buy things, besides the necessities, I wanted to fill one of my dreams in life was to have my own arcade. And so I collect these beautiful machines. I'll drive a couple hours and pick something up, and, and I know the value. And half the fun is the restoration. You can buy the parts in the United States and have electricians fix it. But guess what, Shalom? These, these games are older than most of the agents working here. And they claim they played pinball virtual on the Internet. But my friend, there's a lot of things that are better live than on the Internet. And, I love it. But the most important thing is they can hang out with me. They can release some stress. They can have some hand-eye coordination off the phone instead of having a cigarette and looking at the phone. Well, let's talk and about so that. I'm chatting with Richard Blank, the uh, chief executive officer for Costa Rica's call center since 2008. Uh, he, he relocated to Costa Rica to start training employees at the age of 27. And uh, I know it's been a journey of twists and turns ever since. Um, twists and turns, no pun intended with, uh, of course, these uh, pinball machines. But hey, uh, Richard, yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned that I believe you're an educator. And, and that's really where I want to sort of, as we start to come to a close in our conversation, that's really where I want to talk about in our last few seconds about that education, that training. How have you been able to impart your knowledge from your own experiences and sort of share it in a different culture? I, do, do you find that people are people, sort of one size fits all? Absolutely. It's quite simple. When someone's bilingual, to me, it bears the mark of higher education. And then I put fear into perspective. Learning a second language is 10 times harder than any account I'm going to put them on. Since English is my first language, I'm able to extend to them certain genres or expressions that might be more applicable to the North American markets. They become more attuned. And then finally, I'm not going to compromise their ethics, values, and morals. We can look at the thesaurus, see some similes to expand their vocabulary so it's more diplomatic and strategic. So when they're on the phone, they're a lot more composed. So it makes it for a much better delivery, Shalom. Absolutely, Richard. I want to have you on again, and I want to talk about so many of these different topics that we've only just scratched the surface on. Um, but there's a lot I know that you have about you. If anybody searches Richard Blank and you know call centers, I know they'll find you. But where is the best way to get a hold of you? 
well, I'm all over the internet, but maybe just buying a first class plane ticket and flying down and visiting me. But I do have a very large Facebook fan page, about 104,000 local Costa Rican Ticos. It will give your audience a pulse on the business process outsourcing in Central America. And also when this goes live, you're going to have a lot of new fans. I love it. Richard Blank, thank you so much for sharing your passion, your expertise, um, and your, uh, your good culture of fun. I can't wait to uh, jump on that plane and come out and visit you. Richard Blank, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you've been listening to Get Down to Business. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We will be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 